Hoop7 proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle, featuring your host, the writer, Chris Pike, and the scoring machine, Sean Redditch. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to the very first episode here of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for 2021. And it's finally here, Sean. We've finally got to the start of the NBL season almost. We're days away. I don't want to jinx it by saying that because we don't want to have a have a false start. But let's hope that we're just, just hours away now from the start of the NBL season. It's scheduled to get underway Friday night in Adelaide. All of the games for this round one, either in Adelaide, Cairns or Brisbane. Um, so let's hope everything's all on track for that. And we've got a big show here for the, the first one of 2021 of Hoop Sevens. Basketball Hustle, thanks to Hoop7 for making it happen. We've got some exciting announcements of what we've got planned for the show in 2021. And of course, as you heard, if you tuned in for our Christmas episode, Damien Martin will be joining us as well, as well as myself, Chris Pike, and the man who you all want to hear from, the scoring machine, the Perth Wildcats legend, Sean Redditch. Happy New Year, and thanks for coming back with me for another season. Happy New Year, Pikey. I'm excited, just days away from... The start of the NBL season, and I think it's uh, e- e- the fans are, are dying for some basketball action. So we're uh, we're excited. Let's hope everything uh, goes to plan, and we get to see some round one live basketball on January fifteenth. Yeah, that, that's hope so. We've had a had a false start. We should have already been into the season. We originally were meant to have had a game already the the Melbourne the Melbourne Derby, which didn't end up happening. A couple of Perth Wildcats home games, which were meant to be happening this weekend, are no longer happening. So that means you've got an extra week to to fine-tune your work courtside, Sean, um, which we'll get to a little bit later because you've got you've got some either competition or some friendly faces alongside you th- this season as well for the games at RAC Arena. Um, now, we've got a lot to look forward to on this show. We'll give our season predictions later on in the show. And we've got a special announcement of a, a new partner, someone synonymous with Western Australia, which just makes sense for yourself, Sean, and for Damo to team up with. And we're going to be raising money for charity. We're going to be having a bit of competition between between you and Damo, which is going to be fascinating to follow. So I'll, we'll announce that shortly. We'll be giving all of our predictions of the, for the season on this week's show. We'll give our round one predictions as well. We'll have a chat to Damian Martin. It's just great to have have the season so close now, isn't it, Sean? Because usually we're getting close to your birthday. Um, usually that spells just about time to start getting ready for playoffs, but we're just getting ready for round one, and I think everyone's just pretty excited for that. Yeah, I ran into uh, Jesse Wagstaff, uh, mm-hmm. the new Wildcats captain, uh, earlier this week, and, uh, y- you know, he did talk about that in that, it's a, uh, you know, in this time of year, you're almost getting ready for finals. I mean, by mid-February, you're, you're, you know, some teams would have already locked in finals positions or you're kind of jockeying for, for a top four spot potentially. So it's interesting that we're only just starting now, but I think from, uh, from everyone's point of view, they're just excited we're able to have a season and able to get underway. So it's been a long preseason mm-hmm. for these players and uh, there'll be plenty of nerves come round one. We'll see how they handle it. Now, if you're new to our show here at Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle, I'm Chris Pike, one of the co-hosts. You would have, you might have seen my work on on NBL.com.au, among other places. I I remember first covering the league 
back in 2005, 2006, Sean. And back then when I used to rock up at Challenge Stadium and cover Wildcats games, you were you were the man. The, the place would go absolutely crazy for the scoring machine. You were averaging 30 points a night. You were an absolute unstoppable beast. So that was my first introduction to you. And and I, I just looked up to you in awe watching what you could do on the court and how beloved you were on, on the on the basketball court. And obviously over the last 15 years, I've been lucky enough to spend a lot of time with you and, and watch your whole career from there and obviously spend some time getting to know you. And, and to now do this podcast with you is something that I, I'm, I'm humbled by, the fact that you're willing to, to do this. So... That's a little bit of background on on how we started. But if you don't know who Sean Redditch is still and you're tuning into this show, he ended up playing 393 NBL games, won four championships with the Perth Wildcats, including one as captain and including one in his farewell game as well. He was a two-time All-NBL first-team member, a record six-time Perth Wildcats club MVP, despite growing up in America and and doing some, some hard yards on the cornfields there in Nebraska. He ended up representing Australia at the 2008 Olympic Games. Um, he won Siebel Championships. He won won a championship in Puerto Rico, won an SBL Championship here in Western Australia since his retirement. He's created Redditch Basketball into a powerhouse right now, which is one of the one of the most respected basketball coach, coaching um, programs in the in the country. You'll still see his his friendly face and his dulcet tones on the NBL broadcast this season. That's a little bit of background on the scoring machine, Sean Redditch. When people want a quick snapshot of who you are, Sean, what's the one thing that you like them to, to know about you? I'm just pretty privileged to uh, be able to utilize the game of basketball, take me around the world. Mm. Um, I'm not sure there's uh, something that, you know, you, you say synonymous with it, but uh, you know, I you, you mentioned Nebraska humble beginnings. That's kind of how I feel. Um, I just feel lucky I was able to play professional basketball, have an impact, and you know, still around in the game, being able to to coach so many young young juniors, and then also get to sit on the sidelines, best seat in the house, alongside you, and uh, watch some incredible athletes play basketball. So I just feel like I'm on vacation, living here in Perth, <laughs> on a daily basis. And uh, still get to be involved with the game that I grew up and 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 loved, just in the garage, you know, in the wintertime in Nebraska, where the only way you could play was um, put on some gloves and be able to shoot, and just fell in love with the game, and, mm. and lucky to still still be involved. No, f- fantastic. Now we are here thanks to Hoop Seven. Hoop Seven have been our number one backers since we started this this podcast um, almost eighteen months ago now, Sean, or at least that's when we first broached the idea of it. Hoop Seven. You can check them out at hoop7.com.au or if you if you live close by and you live in Perth, their store um, on Murray Street in the Perth City is, it has to be seen to be believed, it's it's one of the best basketball stores in the world, I have no doubt. So make sure you support support them by either going online or checking out their, their physical store. But we've got some big announcements to make to make Sean. We are we are very privileged to have had some some positive response to adding some partnerships to our show here at at Basketball Hustle for this season. And and the fact that Sean Redditch and Damien Martin are able to team together now in our preview segment, um, the last two Perth Wildcats championship captains, they won 10, 10 NBL titles between them. I'm not sure what I'm doing in the company of, of two such legends, but I'm humbled to be, to be doing so. And I'm delighted to be able to bring the pair to you in our preview segments for this season, thanks to Tab Touch. So Tab Touch have been very keen to come on board. It's a West Australian company. And when they had the chance to team up with two 
Perth Wildcats icons and two icons of WA Sport. They were very excited about the prospects, Sean. So they're on board for our preview segment for this season. They're going to be proud partners of ours. And what they're keen to do is raise some money for charity. So we spoke before Christmas when you and Damo got together. We saw the competitive nature in both of you and we wanted to find a way to to release that. So what we're going to do is we're going to pit, pit the two of you together each and every week. TapTouch is going to be kind enough to to set up a betting account for the pair of you and you're going to be able to place and pick your bets of the week each and every week here on the show and the money that you end up raising throughout this NBL season will be going to a charity of your choice. So very kind of TapTouch to jump on board with us here at Basketball Hustle and the bonus is that you and Damo get to compete with it, with each other one more, once more and I've got no doubt, Sean, that you're not going to let him win. Well, I, I was going to say, have um, so with this account, so Damo can't go negative? Is that the right? Is <laughs> no. that the way I understand it? <laughs> I, I, I think we'll get a, a fresh a fresh sum of money each week. So he might lose his money his money each and every week, but he'll get a, get a fresh top up for the next week. Oh well, that that's good for for Damo's <laughs> sake. So uh, I just wanted to wanted to confirm that mm. I, you know, Damo and I have had some great battles over the years, and I'm sure we'll we'll share some stories throughout the year with that. But uh, hey, you throw a competition with me and Damo, and uh, we're gonna uh, we'll eat it up, and we're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being part of it too. So I'm going to just sit in the middle and and watch you two go at it. I'll be the I'll be the moderator because. Because really, who cares? Who cares what I think? I'll just let you two guys go at it, and I think it's going to be really popular. I'm really looking forward to to seeing that take off. So thanks to Tab Touch for joining us here on the show to make that happen. And as we go along, once we get this the season started next week, we'll come back and we've got some special announcements to make about a Play of the Week award, which we'll be announcing each and every week. And there'll be some special prizes that will be able to be won by by our listeners to go along with that. And we'll be also giving votes towards our Play of the Year award and we'll be keeping track of that and announcing our Play of the Year come the end of the season. So plenty of new developments here on the show for this season. We'll also continue to bring all of the best interviews like we did did last season. So between between Sean Redditch, Jamie Martin and myself, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can provide here on, on 2021. The, the podca- podcast environment is getting a, an increasingly competitive one, Sean. So we need to stay on top of our game, but... To have some great partners like we've been able to to secure, um, hopefully it means we're doing something right, and and hopefully we can we can do a lot of good things this year. Yeah, I think uh, you know you only get better with experience, and we've had a full year. I think we we had some great shows last year. We're looking forward to uh, just expanding and providing a little bit more uh, this year as well. Absolutely. So before we before we have a proper look at how the teams are shaping up for this season, some some recent news. We we did a show. For Christmas, Sean, as you, as our listeners hopefully tuned in for. If you didn't, you can go back and find that in our archives. But a, a little bit of news floating around since then. Um, I would hate to be writing the schedules right now for a professionals professional sporting competition anywhere in the world, Sean. And the NBL's been no different. So the first five rounds of the season were originally announced, and now I think they've been completely torn up and thrown in the bin. So then we got the announcement of round one and all, all games for now this weekend are either being played, as we said at the start, in Adelaide starting on Friday night, um, then in Cairns and Brisbane on Saturday, back in Adelaide on Sunday, and then in Cairns again on on Monday. Um, and then for round two, finally, the Perth Wildcats get to play at home and, and some other venues are, are opened up. But, gee, being a, being a 
being the person that makes up the fixtures right now would be a, a thankless task. It would be a little bit of a nightmare. Just so many scenarios you have to take into account, whether it be d governments shutting down borders, new cases, and it could change by the hour. I mean, mm -hmm. I was speaking to the NBL on last week, and round one was all set. It was a given. Got off the phone and then found out that the Queensland border had been shut mm. to to WA. So it was one of those scenarios where it just anything can happen at any point. And um, obviously, you know, the NBL is, is putting in contingency plans all over the place. But you're right. It's going to be a bit of a nightmare, I think, especially till we get out of this hub. Those first five weeks could be a, a little tough. Mm. Hopefully, some of these things will will continue to uh, to improve here. Um, you know, Victoria and New South Wales, and get a little bit better control on things, um, so that we can kind of open things up a little bit more. You, you got vaccines coming into play, so there's a lot of things that are going to happen. One thing we do know: the schedule they have currently, probably tentatively planned isn't going to happen. They're going to have to make adjustments and <laughs> it's going to be the team, the team that makes those adjustments and, and is able to, uh, to correct. And, 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 and I think also it's going to provide a lot of these guys that may not have as many minutes. Cause there's going to be a lot of back to backs. There's yeah. going to be so many different scenarios that are going to be thrown at you that, it, you know, the team that's deeper and has, has a, a few more players down at eighth, ninth and 10th man, I think is going to be a big advantage. It's a great point, especially once we get into the hub where every team's going to be either playing every back-to-back you know, -back games, every second or third day. You're going to go have to go deep into your roster, and I think it's a great point. The deeper you are, the, the better you're going to be for, for this for this season. Um, a bit of other news floating around. You mentioned I wanted to, a couple of teams have announced their leadership or, or captaincy for this season. Um, you mentioned it before. Jesse Wagstaff named the Perth Wildcats captain, and I'm really happy for him. He's been... Uh, an incredible servant for 11 going into his 12th season now at the Wildcats since he, he came back from, from Metro State College, um, decided to, to come to Perth to, to start his NBL career and he's, he's never looked back and he's played under some, some great captains starting with yourself and, and Brad Robbins and, and then under Damian Martin but he was a, a long time vice captain and very happy for him to at least get this one season where he'll be captain. I think it's it's rich, richly richly deserved for for someone who's now celebrated winning six championships already. Yeah, you're right. Six championship has tremendous amount of respect amongst um, everyone in the club and especially the, the team members there and uh, Mitch Norton being the vice vice captain as well. So I think he, you know, you're probably just grooming him for yeah. when Jesse does, uh, does hang up the boots at, at some point. Hopefully we get a few more years out of him because, you know, he's been unbelievable. For the Wildcats, and I think anyone would be lucky to have a, a guy like that on their team. I think uh, you know, back in 2009-10, when when Rob Breverage brought him here, he's the type of player that Wildcats are looking for. And uh, you know, to me, he's the epitome of 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 the Wildcats, the sacrifice that he's made over his career, and just you know, I just love him. And when he's even not when he's not on the court, just watching him on the sideline, there is no bigger cheerleader for mm -hmm. success on the court than, than Jesse Wagstaff. So really happy for him and congratulations on uh, receiving the captaincy. Yeah, Adelaide 36ers went a different direction with their captaincy. So they haven't officially named a captain. They've named a, a three-man leadership group. So that's made up of 
Daniel Johnson, Brendan Tees and Daniel Dillon. And then one of those on any given night will be the man that takes on the, the C next, next to their name. So they'll just rotate it between the three of them. Speaking to Connor Henry, he's looking forward to that because he thinks that at least at any given time he'll have at least one of them on the court. Um, and he, he just thinks that they'll be able to share the role. Um, would you prefer to have the one captain or are you happy with a, with a shared role like that one? I guess it's it's a little bit. You, you need to do this, I guess, according to your your personnel. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't feel like you have one guy that's going to be the guy, then maybe you do kind of have it by committee. Um, and to me, that kind of says that um, that maybe that that that's the case in Adelaide. I mean, just looking mm-hmm. at their roster, they're pretty young, so yeah, they need as many leaders. They're incredibly young. They need as many leaders as they can. I, I feel like Donald Sloan potentially, although he's an, an import, he does have a lot of experience. So he's going to need to provide a lot of leadership. And, uh, you know, Daniel Johnson, he, you know, if I'm looking at those guys, he's going to be the one out on the court most of the time and coming mm-hmm. down the crunch. So um, probably he's probably your main one. And, uh, you know, the other guys are gonna, just going to have to support him. But it's going to be, you know, the pretty young lineup, a new coach. There's going to be some growing pains in there, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um, now, the other bit of news, at the Wildcats, how disruptive is it to lose your assistant coach on the eve of a season? Scott Roth now departing the Wildcats to take up the head coaching role for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. How disruptive is that? And if you're the Wildcats, do you now need to find a replacement for him pretty quickly and, and how do you do that in a in a COVID world yeah well I think they're gonna have to go more the local route I think yeah. to get someone probably over from the United States is a little bit tough and with the quarantining and and mm. all the things that happened is going to be much harder and it's something we haven't even talked about with imports and you know potentially mid-season changes that's going to be yeah. a lot harder in a Absolutely. COVID scenario as well in the, in the world that we're living in these days so we'll see how that plays out down the rest of the year but it's going to be interesting congrats congratulations to Scott Roth on um, I, like to me it kind of came out of nowhere I wasn't sure where Tasmania was going to go I thought there was you know some some established NBL coaches I'm not sure if Rob Beveridge put his hand up in there but I would have thought that you know they probably might have gone down that route but uh, yeah, I've been spent a little bit of time around Scott Roth and, and talked to him at an occasion, you know, whether it be on the sideline and been impressed, but he must have done a really good job in the interview process. And, and maybe Tasmania wanted to go a different route. They wanted a different voice, a different uh, someone that's probably not synonymous with Australia basketball. And sometimes mm-hmm. that can give you a little bit of an edge because, yeah. you know, teams when they're preparing for the Jack Jumpers, they don't know what Scott Roth is going to run. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you could go back and look at some film with some of the other coaches that probably applaud and be able to to figure out which route. It's going to be a little bit of unknown, and I guess we'll see uh, see how it, how it plays out. But, yeah, it does put the Wildcats on a little bit of a, trying to replace a, a coach this, I guess, in, an important part of the season so early on in, in the season as well. Well, are you a candidate for that? assistant coaching role where at the at the Perth Wildcats yeah <laughs> no I'm on the sideline I just get to uh, mm-hmm. listen in on the timeouts I got the best job in the world well great se- great segue because I wanted to move into that the NBL this week also announced the commentary team and and it includes 
yourself. It includes Damien Martin and it includes Lockie Reed. Can you give us a little bit of insight on how the commentary is going to work from RAC Arena this season? Yeah, well, I think it was only natural for them to uh, to want to get Damian Martin. Anyone that's interviewed Damo, heard him speak throughout his career, I think there's no one better to uh, kind of jump into that commentary booth. So I'm excited to uh, to work beside Damo. My understanding is um, we'll be kind of splitting some of the games. Lucky Reed will, will be involved as well. So it's... Um, you know, I think he's going to be a natural and, and, and do some fantastic stuff. I think on maybe some of the big games, we might be working together, which I'll, I'll be looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Usually when that happens, one of us chooses one team and one of us mm-hmm. chooses the other team. So it might be a little bit of a battle for uh, who gets to uh, cover the, the Wildcats, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe, maybe we can play a little one-on-one to <laughs> decide which team to cover. Well, there's a pretty easy solution. Whoever's in front of now in our tap touch competition gets to gets to choose well there you go i i I would say our demo and i are in a fantasy league at the moment as well we're playing against each other but he's smashing me at the moment so uh yeah it's early early in the week though puggy (laughs) you mentioned the one-on-one game too i have a feeling you would you would probably comfortably take care of him right now i don't think he's getting around physically too well i think i think you would have him covered even though you're about to turn 40 Look, uh, I would never want to go against Damian Martin. Um, you know, even even if he, I mean, the guy is in shape no matter what. I mean, he'll come back in preseason. You'll ask him, "Oh, you've been doing much now?" And he'll 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 win the yo-yo, the running. <laughs> he'll be deeing you up full court, and you're like, "I thought you said you hadn't been doing a whole lot in the off season." No, I haven't. But he's just he's just always in shape. The guy never gets tired. So um, I, I'm not sure I could uh, hang with him these days. Well, you're selling yourself short, Sean, because you're you're out on the court every day still. So I'd still back you in. But we will speak to Damien Martin a little bit later on this on this show here on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle and and run through the season predictions from both Sean and Damo and also get their round one predictions. But when we come back, that's our first segment done for this first show of 2021. We'll have a look team by team and how everyone's shaping up for the upcoming NBL season, and then we'll we'll get to the get to the tap touch preview. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle, Sean, and let's take a look at, at how the NBL teams are shaping up. We're just days out from the season starting. Well, for most teams, there's a couple of teams, um, the Perth Wildcats and the New Zealand Breakers, that don't have games in, in round one, but we'll take a look at how the teams are shaping up here before we get to our predictions, which everybody is looking forward to, especially when we see across the board in some NBL shows, Sean, that... It seems to be a common trend that the Perth Wildcats are going to miss the finals this year, so I can't wait to see what you think of that and and what Damo thinks of that a little bit later. But for now, let's start with the Adelaide 36ers. Obviously, a new coach, Connor Henry, someone you're very familiar with. Um, They bring back Daniel Johnson, which is massive. Also, Brendan Tees and Daniel Dillon back as their captains. Jack McVeigh, Alex Madronja are back as well. Um, Josh Giddy on board as the next star. Isaac Humphreys is on board as the big man, as is Keanu Pinder. Sunday Deck, a very, very, a very good signing, a big signing, one of the one of the most sought-after free agents. And then their imports, Donald Sloan and Tony Crocker. Um, 
yeah, I think we all expected their imports to leave after the way last season ended. So there's no Jerome Randall, Ramon Moore, or Eric Griffin coming back. Obi Obi Shade decided to retire. Anthony Dremick, Harry Froling gone to Brisbane. Kevin White now with the Perth Wildcats. Um, what do you think of that uh, that 36er squad? Well, I think it's going to be solid, and I think it's all going to come down to Donald Sloan. I think mm-hmm. he really is going to have to be kind of that lightning rod for them and, and really needs to probably score a lot of points. You know what you're going to get from Daniel Johnson and the rest of the guys. I think Jack McVeigh could really step up, have a big year. I, you know, I like the energy that he plays with. Um, and, and Josh Giddy is an exciting prospect. So, But it's always tough to give your point guard spot to, to a young guy like that. So, you know, there's going to be some games where they're really going to need to count on Donald Sloan and Daniel Johnson to really carry them at times. And, um, you know, obviously Connor Henry, he's had a lot of success over in America. So I'm excited also to see kind of his growth as a coach and can he bring bring that back and bring some success to to the Adelaide 36ers. I will say that the Adelaide 36ers, I think the thing they have going for them is it looks like they're going to get to play a lot of home games, especially early on in the season. So even though they might be young, you know, sometimes you can get on a little bit of a roll just by being able to have a crowd in their stadium playing at home where all these other teams are going to have to be on the road. So I think that... 75% capacity at the entertainment center. So that's... That's pretty much 7,000 people they're going to be able to have there, which is a, a big plus on the rest of the country right now. Yeah, I think so. So I think early on in the year, they're going to they're gonna have a big advantage and they're going to need to take uh, take full reign of that and see if they can get a number of wins. It's going to be tough for them being so young to win on the road, but if they can get some home wins, then they can really set their season up. Uh, I agree. Um, Brisbane Bullets. Um it's, to me, it's going to be fascinating just to see if they can replace Lamar Patterson. So their new imports are Vic Law and Orlando Johnson. Um, I think I think Vic Law is the guy that will play the role of Lamar Patterson, so a lot will depend on how how he goes in that. But they've got Nathan Sobey, Jason Kadee, Matt Hodgson coming back. Um, they've got Anthony Drimmick and Harry Froling on board from from Adelaide. Tamuri Wigness getting his first crack in the NBL. And Tanner Krebs, pretty, pretty high thoughts. Um, on him coming in, Cam Glidden has moved on. Will Magna is now in the NBA. Um, Mika Vakona is not in the league at all right now. Ruben Tarangi has gone to the Phoenix. Um, what do you think of the Bullets? Yeah, I think the Bullets are a nice team. I don't see I don't see a championship contender in there. But you know, when we talked about this before the show, that the teams seem to be a little bit smaller this year. But, I mean, you look at that team. They got Harry Frawling, Matt Hodgson. So can they utilize that height? And then, you know, what type of year is Sobi and Kadi going to have? They're, they're capable players, and we've seen. Um, but can they, on a consistent consistent basis, really dominate? Uh, you know, I think Sobi's capable of it. Uh, I'll be excited to see where Vic Law, I think they're going to, you, you know, it's going to come down to, how well he can really replace Lamar Patterson to get them into the top four. But I don't see them making the top four where they're at currently. They may need to make some changes down the track if if uh, if things aren't going their way early. Yeah, I think losing Will Magnate late was a was a big blow to them because they, they were relying on having that huge front court of him and, and Matt Hodgson, but that now won't eventuate. Um, Cairns Taipans, they were a hell of a story 
a season ago. They've been able to bring back both Scott Machado and Cam Oliver, which is huge, but they're always going to have to lose one of their imports. So the one that they lose is DJ Newbel. But um, they've been able to, to add, add a next star in, in Mojave King, who I think they expect big things from, and potentially Coart Noy to have a have a, a much better season than the one that was kind of halted by injury a little bit last season. And aside from that, it's pretty much the same team. Still got Nate Jarwai, Jared Kenny, George Blagojevic, Mirko Jerich, um, Fabian Krislovic, and Majok Deng. Um, basically, it's the same team. You just take out Newbel and you add Jordan Artai and Mojave King. Yeah, I really like the Kansas Taipans. You know, we talk about having success in this league and be able to build on some things. To be able to bring a, the caliber of Machado back and Oliver is pretty exciting if you're if you're a Cairns fan. So I'm, uh, you know, I expect big things from them. I think losing Dijon Newble will be tough. I thought he was obviously that was his best season, but I think Machado was a big reason. I think he's just one of those guys that makes other guys better and uh you know Jarek had a great year Kawat Noy I think he's gonna have a big year again and uh dang I think you know he potentially could um you know step really step up his game if he can you know kind of get that shooting role next to Cam Oliver make them uh dynamic yeah combo absolutely now the Hawks um I assume we have to stand by not adding Illawarra to their name because they didn't their membership base didn't earn their name back, so we'll continue to call them the Hawks. Um, obviously, Brian Gorgian on board is a is a massive massive plus, um, and it's a very much a new look team as a result. So there's only Sam Froling, Emmett Nah, and new captain AJ Ogilvy coming back. Two new imports: Tyler Harvey, Justin Simon. They've got a next star in Justinian Jessup, and then there's a whole bunch of new faces: Dengadell, Cam Besto, Isaac White, Max Darling. And Deng Deng, lost some experience. Obviously, Tim Conrad, Todd Blanchfield moving on. Um, no Josh Boone coming back. Lost Sunday Deck. No Dave Anderson. Angus Glover's gone to the Kings. Um, totally new, new look team, but any team coached by Brian Gorge and you, you have to take seriously. Yeah, he just finds a way to get it done in the NBL. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think this this season they're probably looking at as figuring out the guys they want um always tough to come in straight away and and kind of clean house they have done to some degree there's not a whole lot that's returning and uh you know but their imports look pretty exciting i mean that justinian jessup he can really shoot the basketball and uh we have a caliber of brian gorgian that knows how to win and knows how to get the guys in the right spot i you know i wouldn't discount them i think that there's a there's a you know chance good chance that they could sneak into that top four i don't think depending on how how well their imports play and you know, I, I I had a chance to play for Gorgian in the Olympics and tremendous amount of respect for the teams that going up against him. And, you know, I just can't discount him and, and what he's going to be able to do. He's going to have those guys working hard and uh, being ready come come the season. And, you know, look like a guy like Cam Barristow who was in the NBA a few years ago. But, you know, un- a guy under, you know, the discipline that Brian Gorgian demands, he could be really – thriving if he can stay healthy absolutely i still think he's got plenty left to left to offer um melbourne united i think so far it seems like they're the the unanimous pick by most people um as the championships 
Tab Touch has them as the championship favourites coming into the season, and that's with one import still left up up their sleeve. So they've still got Chris Golding, Mitch McCarron, Dave Barlow, Joe Lowell, Achul, Sam McDaniel and Shay Illy coming back. They've added Jock Landale, Scotty Hobson, Yade Barber, who in the preseason game I saw, um, he's a young Japanese player. He looked really exciting. And also Jack White coming back from college. Um, departures, Sean Long and Mallow Trimble, they never just never really quite fit fit in the system at Melbourne last season. Alex Pledger, there's no room in the league for him at the moment. And then a couple, a couple of other outs there. But on paper, it looks a pretty strong team. Yeah, I think they're the favorites. Anyone that you talk to will say that. And uh, the fact that they got Jock Landale, probably one of the biggest signings outside of Andrew Bogut over the last couple of years, and, and maybe LaMelo Ball in there uh, next to Bogut. But, you know, just the capability of him, I think he's an exciting player. And he's going to be a tough matchup for a lot of four or fives in this league, the way he can shoot the ball and, and rebound and, and put the ball on the floor. So, and Scotty Hobson, we know what he's capable of. You know, and I like the the mix. David Barlow, a guy that just knows how to get it done, a winner. Jack White, kind of just plays hard, plays defense. Mitch McCarron will do all the dirty work. So, you know, I think Melbourne United has put together a, a good team. They just got to make sure they stay healthy and, and find that chemistry as well. It's uh, it can always be tough when you got guys that that know how to score. Can can they find each other to get each other good shots and not just themselves? Yep, absolutely. The New Zealand Breakers, um, they're, the, they're the hard luck story of this season because to take part in the league, they had to they had to make the commitment to, to move away from home potentially for the whole season. So they've already been out of out of home for, for six weeks now almost. They originally were based in Melbourne. They've then had to move down to Tasmania, um, and and you know they're going to have to do it tough for this for this whole season. So, but the positive is they've assembled a, a really good-looking looking roster. So when Corey, Corey Webster's back healthy, um, he's he's going to be back. So is Tom, Tom Abercrombie, Finn Delaney, Jared Weeks, and Rob Lowe. Um, massive addition with getting Lamar Patterson across from the Bullets. Ty Webster, Corey's brother, he's a, he's a tremendous point guard. Colton Iverson is their big man import. Um, Daniel Trist on board as well, along with with Rasmus back, who, who sold... Who, Fills out their roster. Um, some big losses from last year. Obviously, Hobson's the standout. Um, RJ Hampton didn't end up probably having a massive impact on that on that team. And and Brandon Ashley and Sec Henry, as their other two imports, were hit and miss. On paper, it's a great looking squad. Um, but how do you handle being away from home for for that long? Is is the big question I have have over them. Yeah, I mean, I just know road trips that I was on seven eight nine days and by the mm. end of it you're uh you're sick of living in a hotel living out of a suitcase i can't imagine what it could be you know they're sitting at six weeks now two different mm. homes and now come the season it could be all season so you know if the new zealand breakers make the top four which a lot of the experts are predicting i think it's a massive achievement just be, knowing that they're not going to have a home game potentially mm. for the whole season um, but if you look at that roster, I mean, Corey Webster can win games on his back. Lamar Patterson can. And, uh, you know, I don't know a whole lot about Colton Iverson. We'll, we'll, we'll find out after a few games. But you got to think if they're healthy, it's, uh, it's going to be a talented roster to beat. I just, 
I just think it's going to be tough to, you know, we talk about winning games in this league is tough enough, but not being able to have one potential home game all mm-hmm. season, I don't, uh, as tough as this league as this is and, and how many good players we have, it's going to be a, a massive uphill battle for the breakers, I think. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. It's not a talent issue. It's just a, it's a, it's a human nature issue. Uh, like you, I just don't think I could handle living out of a hotel for, for that amount of time. Um, now the Perth Wildcats. I think this is this is what everyone's going to be tuned in for to to get your thoughts on Sean. I think you know coming off the championship and you have a you stack up the two rosters and I think clearly there's less talent in this season's team. If you if you quite simply have a look at the departures and it's it's Nick Kay, Tariko White, Damian Martin, Miles Plumley, Reese Fagan now also Majuk Majuk who's out injured for the season, and you add the additions and it's Todd Blanchfield, John Mooney, Kevin White. And Jared Bairstow, clearly, clearly it's not. The, the ins aren't as talented as the outs, but you bring back Bryce Cotton, um, Mitch Norton's back. You've got a couple of young players in Luke Travers and Wani Swakalobaluk who have the potential to do big things. Jesse Wagstaff, Clint Steindl back as well. Um, might not be as talented, but you've still got Bryce Cotton and you've still got a pretty good core. Yeah, you still got a core there. You know, Jesse Wagstaff has been there for a long time. Mitch Norton... Feels like he's been around the league for for a long time, even yeah. though he, he's still quite young um, in age wise. But I, you know, any team that has Bryce Cotton, who I think is the best player in the league, you're going to give them a chance. To me, the departure of Nick K is going to be tough. I think John Mooney is a good player, um, but you know, I, I, they do look a little small, and I mm. think they're just waiting potentially on Bryce Cotton getting his citizenship and then they can go get a five, potentially Miles Plumley, who my understanding is still in the country okay. in Brisbane. So they'll um, they'll probably be in touch with him if, if Bryce Cotton gets gets his citizenship. I don't know, you know, Australia Day's coming up pretty quickly. Mm. So we'll see uh, see a lot of a lot of citizenships happening uh, around that time of year and uh, you know the Wildcats will be pushing for that. But I still think they're gonna be in the top four just by the fact they've got, you know, a solid core and they've got Bryce Cotton. Yeah, I mean, like I said at the start, until I see the Wildcats ever miss the finals, I just can't ever do a prediction where I have them making the finals because they've done it for 34 years straight. It's just just incredible. Um, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, um, kind of similar to any team that has Bryce Cotton. Any team that has Mitch Creek will naturally be pretty competitive. They've still got Adam Gibson coming back. Kyle Adnam's coming back, and so is Kendall Stevens. The, the big one for me is Dane Pino. He had a breakout season last year, cemented himself as one of the best centers in the league, but he's going to miss the first at least month or six weeks of the season with a with a back injury, and I think that could be a, a potentially devastating blow for the Phoenix. They have added Cam Glidden. Their imports are Kiefer Sykes and Ben Moore. Ruben Tarangi, I think, uh, hopefully we see him get back to the form he had Two years ago up in Brisbane, Yanni Wetzel's another another player with good potential. Um, John Robeson will be tough to replace. Um, outside of that, the, and, and Ty Wesley's the other big loss there. But, yeah, I mean, Mitch Creek will make them competitive, but whether or not that makes them a finals contender, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I love Mitch Creek. Mitch Creek, I think what he brings to the, the team is, you know, he does things that no other player in the league can do from that that three, four spot and just the toughness and passion that he plays with. 
I really like Cam Glidden as well. I think uh, you know getting out of Brisbane and him in Tarangi, it could. I think it could uh, kind of rejuvenate them mm-hmm. a little bit, a new new change of scenery. And uh, but it's probably going to come down to their imports as well. Can they really? Um, I guess dominate in in ways that they need to. I, you know, I thought John Roberson first half of the season he was outstanding. Yep. So. Um, you know, losing him is a tough one, but yeah, I think you're right as well. Pino having him go out so early in the, uh, in the year they're um, you know, the behind the back foot, but you know, I think, uh, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix are always going to give themselves a shot when you, when you got Mitch Creek and Cam Glidden, um, they're kind of holding the fort, being good leaders and, and playing hard and be able to play both sides of the basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, lastly, the Sydney Kings. Um, obviously, grand finalists from a year ago. Um, some big losses. Andrew Bogut and Kevin Lish. Um, Jay Sean Tate, who we now see playing playing a really big role at the Houston Rockets, which is fantastic to see. It's great for the NBL to see somebody so easily being able to make that transition. Lucas Walker's also... Um, well, I think he's retired. If not, he... He looks unlikely to, to get another role in the NBL. Um, some really good return returnees for them. Casper Ware, Brad Newley, Sean Bruce, Craig Moller, Daniel Kickett, um, Jordan Hunter and Didi Lozada for his second year as a next star. Their imports, um, Dijan Vazeljevic looks like he's a terrific shooter. Gerald Martin as their big man. Angus Glover will play a, a handy role coming across from the Hawks. Xavier Cook's going down injured hurts them in the in the short term. They've added Tom Vadanovich from New Zealand as a injury replacement. Um, that that sounds like a team still with enough talent and experience to to be around the mark. Yeah, I think they're probably going to live and die by the three three point shot. If they're knocking down Casper Ware, Vasilovic, you know, kick it. Those guys, if they can knock down and Didi Lozada, you know, you got four great three-point shooters. If they're knocking it down, they they're going to be able to beat anybody. But uh, you know, losing Bogut, Tate, Lish, you know, those were three of the better players at their position in the league. So it's going to be a tough one. And and obviously Adam Ford coming in his mm. his first year in the helm is uh you know will be interesting to see how how he handles the league and kind of what structure he runs with, with that team. But, you know, he's been around the league long enough to know what, what works, what doesn't. And, uh, you know, I think he'll have them competitive. But as we see, you know, they're going to have to be playing on the road the first part of the season. So not great when you're trying to add so many new pieces and also learn a new system. I think it uh, could be hard to, uh, to get off to a great start. And, and also losing Xavier Cooks, who kind of is that glue guy to that team. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Okay, so that's that's how the teams are looking, Sean. So um, enjoyed your analysis there. Hopefully everybody else did. Now, when we come back here on Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle, we'll be joined by Damien Martin, and we'll do our, our season predictions thanks to Tab Touch, and then have a look at the matches in round one, and we'll give you our, our thoughts on those as well. Okay, Sean, it's now time for our season prediction segment brought to you by Tab Touch. So 
if you want to know all of your odds and all of the betting markets, just head to tabtouch.com.au. You can have a look at the championship odds right now, which I'll I'll talk about in a minute. But once we get to our our preview of round one, um, not only does Tab Touch have you covered in terms of head-to-head betting for the games in round one, but all of the betting markets you can hope for. So under the main markets, you can do line betting, game totals, margin betting, and of course the head-to-head betting. But there's all sorts of other options, doubles, margins, quarter-by-quarter betting, um, odds or evens, anything, any type of market you can imagine for an NBL game, TabTouch will have you covered. So head to tabtouch.com.au to, to check that out because as this season progresses, as we've talked about, Sean Reddidge and Damian Martin, the Perth Wildcats legends, they'll be, they'll be given $50 to bet each and every week They'll be, it'll be dedicated to charity come the end of the season, but they'll be utilising these Tab Touch markets to, to put together their bets of the week. So check that out at tab, tabtouch.com.au. But for now, Sean, let's get Damien Martin on the line and let's put our next on the line for some season predictions. Okay, Sean, we're now into our season predictions segment here on on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle for this week. Thanks to Tab Touch for making it possible. We've got Damien Martin on the line. Um, now, before we get into your predictions for the season, Damo, there's a, there's a bit of news floating around that re- revolves around you. Firstly, your replacement as Wildcats captain being Jesse Wagstaff. You, you happy with that? Yeah, over the moon. Jesse's been a part of the leadership team for a long time now. And then obviously being vice captain himself for a number of years. So to see get the nod, and I, and I love that it is player voted. So, mm. you know, it's one thing to be, you know, named captain, but to know that's come from, you know, your, your peers and your teammates. And obviously, respect not only the way you conduct yourself on a day by day basis, but, you know, know that you can be a great leader and a captain. Like, he's, he's a quiet guy, he does his job, he's always embraced his role. And now that his role's changed a little bit with the, the C next to his name, I think he's going to do a great job. And you're also joining Sean on the NBL commentary team. Looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. He was actually one of the first people I reached out to. Just like, okay, can we get together and mm. <laughs> ask a lot of questions to know what I'm doing? So <laughs> Sean's been doing a great job. And to finally be teammates again, albeit just commentating yeah. from the sidelines instead of on the court itself, uh, is something I'm looking forward to. And just quickly, um, the foundation that you're closely involved with, been reported that there's a chance they're going to be end up buying the Perth Wildcats. Um, so in a strange way, you might be part of an ownership team at the Wildcats, which would be quite quite interesting. <laughs> Look, I, I won't reveal what I've earned at the Wildcats over a number <laughs> of years, but unfortunately there'll be uh, no ownership with D. Martin next to it. But yeah, you know, I'm biased. Obviously, I think the Wildcats are the best sporting club in Australia. So whoever gets to call themselves owner, Jack Ben has been amazing and will continue to be amazing. Now, before we get to our season prediction, Sean, have you got anything quickly for, for Damo? Well, look, I'm, I'm excited to be on the sideline with him. It's, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a different feel, um, but uh, the best seat in the house. And, uh, you know, welcome to the commentary team, the, the retired guys who now just get to uh, be big fans uh, on TV. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> good to me. I'm glad that I'll be holding a a microphone instead of a basketball because I went for my first run in a, in a while not so long ago and I was sweating way too quickly, out of breath and hurting for about four days. So <laughs> I, I definitely don't regret the decision to tie up the boots. Hang up the boots. 
Well, when you when you finish commentating, you're uh, you, you're definitely not as sore. You still got that uh, that adrenaline and the emotion. So I think you're gonna do great stuff, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see see uh, how the season goes and uh, have you on the sideline with me. Great, thanks, mate. Looking forward to it. Now I'm looking forward to having you both on board here with me on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle as well, and it's gonna get competitive because I know that neither of you guys like to lose. So when we're looking at our season predictions. Let's start with who you think is going to win the championship for this NBL season. And before I get your predictions, the current odds, thanks to Tab Touch, they have Melbourne United at $3.20, the Cairns Taipans $3.70, New Zealand Breakers $5, the Sydney Kings $10, South East Melbourne Phoenix $10, and the defending champions, um, the Perth Wildcats, are way out at $10. The Hawks are $17, the Brisbane Bullets $19, the Adelaide 36 is $26. Let's go with you, Sean. Who is going to win the championship? Well, I think, you know, if you talk to all the experts out there, they're going to look at Melbourne United's team. It's been pretty star-stacked. Um, yeah, I don't think you can go outside of them being the favorites at the moment, but uh, as we've seen, you just never know until everyone steps out on the court can all five guys play together and play at a championship level. You, you know, you look at the, a lot of those teams, I, I don't think you can take them out of contention, um, especially not the uh, Perth Wildcats, even though they're, they're sitting at $10. So there's some, you know, there's some, some good, I guess, bets there to be had. But I think you've got to go with Melbourne United just with the talented roster that they've put together. What do you think, Demo? Yeah, on paper, I think what uh, they've done in the offseason, Melbourne has done in the offseason, it's incredible that, on paper, they look amazing. They've got a fantastic coach. They're going to be tough to beat. I think New Zealand are the sleepers. Mm-hmm. I, I like the roster they put together. They've got a nice mixture of, you know, kind of some experienced players in Tom Abercrombie and Corey Webster. And now Corey, you know, in the backcourt with his, with his younger brother. Yeah. They're going to be fun to watch. Uh, and then Cairns, you know, Cairns being able to bring back, you know, their star starting lineup from last year, you know, minus, you know, one or two players. I think Cairns are going to be great. But, Look, you've got to go through the champs. They've won back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to back Perth. You know, Sean, you may agree or disagree with this, but of the, you know, six championships I was, you know, likely to be a part of, I only honestly believe once were we the best team on paper, and that was the year uh, you and I got to call James Ennis a teammate. Mm-hmm. You know, the other five were intangibles with above his shoulder. So if you can make it into the postseason, it's the mental toughness, the resilience, the confidence, the belief, the discipline uh, that end up relating... Um, finishing in a championship trophy. So if the Wildcats can get to the postseason, I'm, I'm certainly backing them into to win another championship. And any team that has Bryce Cotton on it yep. is going to be hard to beat. And then you combine that with, you know, Tony Blanchard, who they've brought in, which I think will be fantastic. Kev White's mental toughness, defense. And then Nordo's been elevated to vice-captain. He'll be starting point guard and will do a hell of a job. And I think you get on now. Yeah, my- $10 is a, is a juicy, juicy, juicy offer. Yeah, I think so. My concern is just, it, you know, this isn't going to be a normal season. And uh, I think it's going to be hard for potentially get all the home games in, the way things have shaped up over the last few months. And the fact that Melbourne United is going to have basically home games, they know they got what, eight, nine games in the hub coming up, and they've got a star-studded lineup. I think that they, that really holds them in good stead um, early on in the season, and you just never know what's going to happen later in the season. So um, I just kind of think that at this point, the the schedule is shaping up to uh, favor them. And uh, yeah, New Zealand Breakers, I think on paper as well, they're you know pretty star-studded. But 
I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to uh, get enough wins away from home. Yeah. You and I know, Demo, that eight, nine days in a, in a hotel and you start going stir crazy. Imagine a, a full season being away. I think it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's incredible what New Zealand in particular have already done. You know, they've been calling Australia home for a number of weeks already and we haven't even tipped off yet. So the longer the season goes on, I think you're either going to see that New Zealand have the best chemistry in the league because of the extra adversity they're going to have to go through or they could self-implode because of the frustrations, you know, living out of a bag, living away from home. Some of these guys have wives and kids. That does take a toll on a lot of sports. They've done the exact same thing. But at the end of the day, you know, it could come down to the NBL is full of skill. Like we may have mentioned a few teams, but teams one through nine are packed with talent. It might come down to the most mentally resilient, mentally toughest team ends up holding up the championship trophy at the end of the year because of what they're going to go through with all the COVID restrictions and playing a lot of games away from home. Absolutely. So, Sean, you've gone Melbourne United. Damo, you've gone the Wildcats. I don't have to try to raise money for my charity, so I don't have the same pressure on me as you two, but... If I had to tip, I'd go. I'd go the Cairns Taipans. I think, I think, I think they're they're a real good chance based on what they did last year and being able to bring back most of that that group. But I think most people have tuned in to hear what you guys think. So let's keep moving. Your top four, obviously, Sean. You've got Melbourne United in there. Who who rounds out your your top four? So I'm gonna go Melbourne United, the Cairns Taipans. I think you know they're a great shot at. Uh... The fact that they've been able to bring those guys um, such important pieces back is, is going to be huge for them. Throw in the Wildcats. You, you can't discount them. And then I'm going to throw in the Hawks uh, mm. just with the Brian Gorgian factor. You know, he's uh, he's never missed out on a on a semifinal in the NBL. So uh, just like people can't discount the Wildcats making the finals, I don't think you can discount Brian Gorgian getting his team up into that top four. Yeah, okay. Damo? Yeah, it's interesting because I think, there's, and it's, I mean, as a player, you know that you can't take a lot on any team, but there's always people that come out and see that just expect that if you're first on the ladder, you're going to you know, destroy ninth on the ladder. I love the young talent that, like you said, the Hawks have. Adelaide, I think Sunday Dash is up for a huge season. They're going to be young, fun, and exciting. But I think that the top four, you know, Sobey is going to be a first team all in the other second team. He's ready for a huge season at Brisbane. But, uh, look, I've got to go with the Wildcats, as I mentioned earlier. Melbourne, I've said. I think Cairns are going to be even better coming second year round, uh, you know, with some of the imports that dominated last year, first team while in the And then that fourth spot, you know, Sydney, I love that they've brought in DJ Vasilovic. I think mm. the impact of losing Margaret is huge. Uh, he is not only a, a physical presence and, you know, probably basketball Australia's greatest all-time player, but his leadership as well. And then Kevin Lynch, who was the captain, uh, you know, Kev's still going to be on the sideline as assistant coach. But I think losing those two hurts. So it's going to really rely heavily on, you know, Brad Newell and Daniel Pickett to take that leadership role. That fourth spot is up for grabs. I'll, I'll go with, I know I'm sitting on the fence here, but I'll go <laughs> with Perth, Melbourne, Cairns. Uh, and I will throw New Zealand in, like I mentioned earlier, but mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if I'm completely wrong <laughs> and I'll put my hand up to acknowledge that. <laughs> no, I actually agree. I think Melbourne, Melbourne, Cairns and the Wildcats, I think, were easy. And then it's really tough to pick your fourth team. And I think Sydney, just for their experience. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those those contending teams sneak into that fourth spot. Um, I'd be very surprised if you don't both agree on, on this next one. Who have you got for MVP, Sean? <laughs> Look, I think, and, and hear me out here, I mm-hmm. obviously think 
Bryce Cotton is the best player. But I think with sometimes with these awards, it can kind of – you get bored. And I know, <laughs> Damian Martin, you're a six-time NBL defensive MVP, but, like, you were so much better than anyone else. So there was, you really couldn't vote for anyone other than yourself in the defensive player of the year category. But I think people might get a little tired of Bryce Cotton winning everything. <laughs> and so I'm going to go with Machado as my MVP. Um, always like to uh, go with a, a team that's winning as well. And I just think he's the type of player that just makes everyone else around him. So Machado is going to be my MVP. Well, he, he did only, it was pretty close last year, wasn't he? He only missed by a couple of votes behind Bryce. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he is a great player. I haven't you know, had to guard him several times, in particular during the finals. What he did in game two in the finals was incredible. Mm. You know, a guy that you didn't treat as a non-shooter, you know, far from it, but you treated him more as a driver, someone that could facilitate finally as a man because his passing is you know, possibly the best in the league. But Machado was brilliant. Look, I, Bryce is, in my opinion, the most talented player in the league. He's special. He's you know, kind of a once-in-a-ten-year type of player in the NBL. So he's going to go down as an all-time great. If he can win another MVP, I think you have to hold him up there with you know, a top-five player of all time. So yeah. I'm going to back Bryce again just because you know, I'm fortunate enough to seeing what he does every day. And he, he doesn't take days off, so he's going to continue to get better. He's not just someone that cruises through Monday through Thursday and shows up on a Friday. He works hard. It's actually the training staff, the coaches that have to, you know, pull him away from training and say, mate, we're going to need you for 36 minutes on Friday. We've got to force you to take a break. And they may force him for a few minutes, but as soon as it comes down to winning time during scrimmages, he subs himself back on. So mm. he's going to be even better again because, of his work ethic and the fact that he's only coming into his prime years as a player. Yeah, yeah he really is. is uh, it's incredible to be able to say that because we've seen some special things from him already, but he really is coming into those prime years. Uh, but, the, I mean, we've got Jock Landau. There's all these players yep. that are out there. Chris Goulding, uh, Nathan Sobey, who I mentioned earlier. Mitch Creek, you go through every team and there's one or two guys that you know, can put their hand up and say, I'm going to dominate this year. And you won't be surprised if they do, but I'll stick with my, my guy, Bryce. Yeah, I think Bryce as well. Leading scorer, not necessarily the same as the MVP, Sean. So who do you think might lead lead the league in scoring? Look, there's a, a lot of candidates. And I'm going to go with a guy that I think is going to, they're going to rely on a lot. And I'm going to go with Lamar Patterson yep. as the, uh, as the leading scorer. I think, um, yeah, he went over to Puerto Rico over in the off season, did uh, some outstanding work there, got his team to the grand final over there. So I think, you know, he's been playing games where a lot of guys haven't been for, for a number of, of months. So I think he's going to come in and, um, you know, be ready to go. And, and I think uh, Lamar Patterson as my leading scorer. What do you think, Damo? Yeah, I, I look at the rosters teams have this year and – you know, you put some players on different teams and you know they're going to be their go-to guy and need to score 28 or 30, and there's a few guys that are capable of doing that. Uh, you know, Chris Golding can light it up. Uh, I expect Josh to do big things, but the reality is they're both on the same team with other scorers. With Hobson, too. Going to be right on out. Uh, so I, I think you're right. I think the leading scorer this year, you're going to see Bryce's name right up there again because, obviously, you know, there's no more Tariko White there, but they did bring in... Blanchfield, who can, who can score. Prince Steindl's a hell of a shooter. He can score. Uh, but they're going to miss, you know, Tariko and Patches, so Bryce will be relied upon heavily again. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if it comes out of an Adelaide or an Illawarra lineup 
uh, who who it's going to be, I'm not sure, but I could see someone kind of taking it by surprise because Bryce is going to get double team, triple team. Lamar has proven that he's one of the best players in the league, so I've got a feeling that teams have scouted them. They'll try and stop them to an extent. Uh, they'll still drop 20. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it comes from you know someone out of Illawarra. Uh, Adelaide on a consistent basis, dropping twenty or someone like I said. I just, I really do think Toby's in for a big year. Uh, and Mitch Creek, uh, you know, Mitch mm. Creek's a stud, but the more he develops his three-point game, the harder he continues to get as a as a player to defend. So I'm going to put Mitch Creek, Toby as uh, the the sleepers outside of Bryce, you know, yep. winning what will be third <laughs> leading scoring chance. <laughs> I'm going to go Donald Sloan from Adelaide. I think they'll rely heavily on him, and I think he's capable of putting up some some big numbers. Um, what about Rookie of the Year? Now that, now that this includes the next star players, um, we've got some pretty exciting candidates, Sean. Yeah, there are some good, uh, really good candidates out there, and, and I think that probably lends to that next star. But um, someone who actually came in and worked out with the Wildcats when we were there um, and just a flat-out shooter, and I think when you can put the ball in the floor or in the hole, from anywhere on the court and just have this unbelievable uh, confidence about yourself. I'm going to go with Vasilovic as the uh, rookie of the year. I just think he, uh, he just plays with a, a confidence and savviness that uh, the Sydney Kings and Adam Ford are going to like. Okay. Yeah, I hate agreeing with Sean, and I didn't know you were coming up with this answer. <laughs> I, I, agree. I honestly think this might be the best rookie class we've had in a long, long time. There is superstars that are coming back from college, first year in the NBL, and they're going to go on to have huge careers here in Australia if they continue to call the NBL home. But yeah, we got to see DJ a few years ago, and he's one of those guys that won't take time to back himself to do well in the league. He's going to come out with Kevlish having retired. You know, I, I, I see him starting in that shooting guard position, and he can flat out put the ball in the hole from beyond the arc and will back himself to do it. So, I, I, I'm backing DJ as well, uh, even though, like I said, this might be the strongest rookie class we've had, you know, in, in five to ten years. I think Justinian Jessup as well. Justinian Jessup is, uh, you know, we saw him early on in the preseason over here, and I, I really like him. And, and once again, another shooter. I think anytime you can put the ball on the floor or on the hole and, and be able to score from anywhere, it just uh, yeah, it gives coach confidence to put you out there and give you the minutes to uh, – to earn your Rookie of the Year award. Yeah, and you've got Mojave mm. King up in Cairns as well. And and my, my tip, Josh yeah. Giddy at, at, at Adelaide, he's going to be the starting point guard, and I expect some some good things from him. Now, I'll go to you, Damo, first and for this Giddy's one. And cool, calm, and collected he in is, that point he? guard. That's probably the hardest position to play as a rookie. But, I, you know, I'm going off preseason games, but I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. So and initially, that's who I thought Sean was going to go with, mm-hmm. so I thought I'll go DJ. But, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if you see Giddy up there as well. You know, White... Uh, out of Melbourne, but there's just a yep. lot of talent that's going to earn his, earn his minutes. But yeah, between Giddy and DJ, you're going to see a lot of minutes come their way, and, and they're not going to disappoint. Now, Damo, I'll go to you for this one. The Damien Martin best defensive player. Who do you reckon? <laughs> I think it's going to go to Sunday Dutch out of Adelaide. Yeah, good call. He was fantastic last year in Illawarra, and obviously there was a few injuries that shifted him into the starting lineup. Not only was he showing that he could put points on the board, but he is an elite defender. He'll be tasked with guarding the opposition's best perimeter player night in, night out. And you, know, you just look at the, the amount of professionalism he has off the court. You know, his diet, his stretching, his routine, the visualization, sports psychology. Like that guy is a pro and he 
prides himself at the defensive end in particular. He's got the athleticism and speed to boot. So I think Sunday uh, is going to have another great year at the defensive end. He will play plenty of minutes. And opposition point guard, shooting guard, small forwards are going to dread coming into Adelaide and, and having him guard. Sean? Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of good candidates there. Uh, you know, I always like Cam Glidden as a as a defender. And, and, you know, I think Sunday Dutch. I don't think those guys will win it. But um, I guess for me, probably Cam Oliver is, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to rebound, can protect the basket, just in that, the athleticism that he shows. Um, I think he's, uh, he's due, uh, due to win that award this year. He's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't at my most athletic last season. I'll be the first to admit that. Uh, but even still, he was throwing my stuff out a few <laughs> times. I thought, yeah, there's a floater. And I definitely wasn't shooting it high enough or jumping high enough to get it over him. So, yeah, having dribbled into the key a few times and, and tried shooting over him, he is a, a specimen and a great defender and room protector. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see him up there either. Yeah, he's the one that stood out to me as well. And, and if it wasn't for DJ Newbel last year, he might have won it, won it even last year. I thought he was terrific, so he, I'll go for him as well. Um, now, this one's a tricky one because we don't really know who's eligible for this category until, I guess, we see the season unfold and actually who is stepping up. But is there somebody you're expecting to to stand out as the most improved player, Sean? Uh, I think someone who's probably at that next stage of, of kind of taking that that leap in their game might be a Jack McVay. You know, I thought he made big strides last year, but I think he's ready for um, for a big breakout year. And, and you know, I, I like the how hard he plays and the passion he plays with. I think, uh, you know, he knows what gets him going. He seems to get excited no matter what play he, he, uh, he makes out there on the court. But uh, as a fan, you love it. And I just see that, you know, he loves playing the game, getting the crowd in. So I think when he makes those big plays and – and I think it's going to help his chances uh, in most improved. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one because, like you said, it's, it's probably the toughest to pick in the preseason polls because you have no idea what they've been doing in the offseason. Look, I think someone, yeah, like a dream with a fresh start, you know, he shows that he can score and he's passionate and he wants to win. He wants to do whatever it takes to win. So, you know, someone like a Trimic coming into those, you know, what, third, fourth, fifth year in the, the league, he's established himself now. Now he's given a new opportunity, a fresh start at a new club, and I, and I think he's going to do it. So that's kind of the mould I'll be looking at. I mentioned Sunday previously. He was, you know, right there last season to get most improved. Now I believe he'll have a starting position or play big minutes. I don't think he's going to disappoint. And, you know, like I said, I've picked him to be defensive player of the year, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's averaging over 10 at the other end of the game, other end of the court. I'm going to go Harry Froling. Similar to you, Damo. I think he'll benefit from the fresh start, and I think we'll see some some big thing, big things from him at Brisbane. Now, last one, Coach of the Year. What do you think, Sean? You know, that's a, it's an interesting one. I think I'm going to go with Brian Gorgian just because I picked the Hawks to get into the top four, and if he takes that team into a top four finish, um, I think, uh, you know, where, where the Hawks have been the last, few years to get them uh, into the finals. I'm going to go with, with Gorgian, but, you know, it's going to be whoever can probably, you know, we talk about outside of Melbourne, Perth, and Cairns, 
whoever gets that four spot, I think will get coach of the year because they've been able to elevate a team that, you know, people weren't sure of into a, a finals contention. Yeah, it is one of those ones that if we are correct, and like I said, we're highly unlikely, highly likely that we aren't, but if the, you know, the top three in any order is going to be Melbourne, Perth and Cairns, you know, sneaking into that fourth is going to be tough. You've got Adam Ford, who's a rookie head coach, after losing Andrew Bogut, you know, best player of all time for Australia, and then Kevin Leish, one of the all-time greats. They, if they can, you can get the most out of their young talent and the older guys returning. But then I look at someone like Southeast Melbourne, who we barely mentioned. You know, the first year as a new franchise, I believe there's a lot of pressure on you to establish a team in the in the culture of the community. Now, they're going into year two. Hopefully, a lot of that's already been done. Obviously, there's COVID restrictions, so they're not going to spend as much time with shopping centers in school and so on and so forth. And it's going to be all about the basketball. So you're a great leader in Gibbo, Mitch Creek, going to be there. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, Scott's coming into his second year as head coach. You know, it's amazing what the talent that little bit of experience underneath can do to, to, you know, roll you into round two or season two as a coach. So if they can sneak in the fourth, I think you'll see it going southeast Melbourne's way. But <laughs> poor, poor old Trevor Gleeson. <laughs> he's won what, five championships in Perth. Hasn't mm. won coach of the year at all. Yep. If, you know, if they do win a three-peat, so I've got to stick to what I said earlier, if they do win a three-peat, <laughs> surely uh, for his sixth championship, <laughs> he can uh, win a coach of the year award. But yeah, there we go. He's, he's been stiff, no doubt. Okay, that's our season predictions done, guys. So I hope everyone... Everyone enjoyed that. We'll put it up on our social media channels so we can be held to account as the season unfolds. Let's take a deep breath quickly and and then we'll come back and have a look at the matches in round one and, and then we'll wrap up the show. Okay, guys, back here with our preview now for round one of the NBL season, thanks to Tab Touch. It all gets underway Friday night, Adelaide Entertainment Centre. The Adelaide 36ers against Melbourne United. Thanks to Tab Touch, the 36ers are paying $2.90. Melbourne, the favourites at $1.40. Sean? I'm going Melbourne United on, on that one, although uh, Adelaide 36ers playing at home could be uh, could be a spoiler. Yeah, Melbourne for me as well. I want to see what they can do together with the, the roster they've established. Adelaide are going to play hard. They'll pick up full court. They'll run at the other end. They're going to be fun to watch. I'll go with Melbourne for round one. Okay, Saturday, doubleheader starts in Brisbane. Brisbane Bullets against the Hawks. The Bullets, thanks to Tab Touch, $1.60. The Hawks, two thirty-five. I'm going the, the bullets in that one, just being at home. And I think, uh, you know, the Hawks are a new club, so it's going to take some time to find their feet. Uh, I guess not a new club, but new coach and, and whole new roster as well. Yeah, exactly. For the same reasons as Sean, I'll go with the bullets. Now up in Cairns, the Cairns Taipans, $1.39 favourites against the Sydney Kings, $3.00. Taipans, it's just a tough place to play, and uh, you know they've got their their core group back. Yeah, Cairns toughest to beat in home, probably of any other team. So we'll go with Cairns, trying to establish themselves as a front runner for the, the year this year. Now Sunday, Adelaide Entertainment Centre again. Tap Touch can't split them. Adelaide thirty six is Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, a dollar ninety a piece. Well, look, we know Mitch Creek loves to come back and uh, play well against the <laughs> ex-club, the 36ers. So I'm going to go with the Phoenix. 
against the 36ers at home. Just so I can not agree with everything, I'm going <laughs> to go with Adelaide. The Creek to drop 30. Mm. <laughs> now, last game of the round. Monday night, up in Cairns again. The, the Cairns Taipans, very short. $1.34 against the Hawks, $3.30. Yeah, Taipans uh, at home, I think, you know, being able to play home games early on this season can be a huge advantage. Yeah, it, it is. Cairns, like I said, they're tough to beat up there. If they can rattle off one win in the first round, uh, they're going to feel confident going into game two. And if they lose that opening one, then they're going to be out there with a point to prove. So it's tough for Illawarra going up there because Cairns have a lot riding on it with two home games to start. Very good. There we go. That's round one. So if you if you, if you you rate the opinions of Sean Redditch and Damien Martin, take notice of those predictions. Damo, I think you've got Maggie right beside you, so we need to let you go. But thanks for joining <laughs> us for this first show of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle for, for 2021. We'll, be, we'll come back next week and reveal your charity for the season and we'll find out who you're going to be raising money for. But... But for this week, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. I've walked about two kilometres trying to keep Maggie uh, and her iPad <laughs> at a distance. So I appreciate you putting You did well. You did well. Maggie, I've, I've been retired, what, seven months. Maggie still introduces herself as Maggie Martin from the Perth Wildcats. So I need to <laughs> need to work on that, but we'll see how we go. But thanks, guys. Enjoy the basketball. No, thanks around. very much, Damo. Okay, Sean. So there we go. It's been a big show. Had a lot of a lot of fun with Damo. Your predictions with him are going to be fascinating to follow. We'll put those up on social media for everyone to take note of. And and starting next week, we'll come back and you'll start putting your your money where your mouth is. And and you and Damo will come back with your charity partners and we'll start raising some money for for Tab Touch. So looking forward to that. Yeah, we are looking forward. It's going to be an exciting season. I'm excited to see how. Round one plays out. I think the home teams are, are looking favorable at the moment. But it's uh, it's going to be an interesting year, and uh, I, I can't wait to finally get NBL basketball back.